And the handoff to Tomlinson. Left side, and he will gallop into the end zone. Charger fans are witnesses to history. The kid from Rosebud, Texas, you done good. It's the future. Down and distance. Down a distance, Jared Payton, alongside my man Sean Davis, SD2 Mike's on Twitter. I'm at Payton Sun, P A Y T O N S U N. It's my pleasure right now to be able to talk to Ladanian Tomlinson. Yes, an NFL network analyst. During the season, you can see LT every Sunday on NFL Networks, NFL Game Day Prime at 10:30 p.m. Central Time. LT, welcome to Down and Distance, sir. Hey, thank you, Jared. It's, it's a pleasure being on with you. I guess we could start everywhere, but uh, this, <laughs> I, I feel like we can't. I, there's so much I want to talk running backs. I want to talk about all these quarterbacks, but I guess. Trevor Simeon, we'll start in Denver. Uh, the conversation there, he is going to be the guy, but Paxton Lynch could be that, that youngster creeping up on him. And you don't go and get a guy in the first round and him not want to start. What do you think about that quarterback situation going on in Denver? Well, I'll tell you what, the way that um, Trevor Simeon has played, is really it really has afforded Denver the luxury of taking their time with Paxton Lynch. I mean, we, we're seeing, you know, that – uh, Wentz in Philadelphia, he's being thrown into the starting lineup. Um, you know, obviously in, in Dallas situation, Dak is going to be uh, a rookie starter at the quarterback position. But uh, I've always been of the mindset, Jerry, that you really don't want to force a rookie to play the quarterback position if they're they're not ready. I think it's always best unless you have a guy like a Andrew Luck that can handle um, everything that, that the quarterback position demands you to handle. If you have a guy like him, then okay, then then maybe you play him. But other than that, I think it's best for a lot of the rookies just to sit and watch and really learn how to be a professional quarterback at this level because it's different. You know, but with that said, I think Simeon, he, he's going to, I think he's going to perform quite well. What I saw in preseason was a guy that it, the lights weren't, weren't bright for the, it wasn't too bright for this guy, if you will. He was ready for the moment. He was very calm and collected, and I like what I saw from him. So I think he may hold the Ford down the entire year and afford Denver the, you know, the luxury of letting Paxton sit the, the entire year. Well, LT, Peyton Manning has been on record his entire career that the best thing that happened to him was to be thrown into the fire. And there's a lot of different ways you can look at this quarterback situation. With Trevor Simeon, having that running game, having that head coaching experience out there that they have in the coaching staff with that great defense, does it make the transition for him a little bit easier than a normal rookie or somebody making a first-time start in the NFL? Yes, it does. It really does. When you have a a defense that can uh, get you back the ball, that's going to keep that score down, um, you you are able to play more of a methodical style of, of football in terms of running the ball and really – um, you know, playing time of possession football by running it and throwing it when you have to. You know, manageable situations, you throw the football. But for the most part, you rely on that defense and you rely on, on a dominant run game. It, it does afford any young quarterback or first-time starter, um, 
you know, just the luxury of being able to be patient and take your time and, and let the game come to you, if you will. Uh, guys, I remember, you know, I was there in San Diego when Phillip Rivers first took over the starting job after two years of sitting behind Drew Brees, and we had a dominant defense, and we had, you know, obviously a dominant run game at that time. And so Philip really didn't have to do much. He made great throws when we needed him to, to make them. But if you ask him, I think he would tell you that was the best thing for him that his first year. I I laughed when you said uh, we had a dominant running game. Uh, I know you guys had a dominant running <laughs> game, man. That's a that's a given right there, LT. There's there's so much stuff going on. You talk about Jared Goff in LA. I mean, for a guy that's first the first pick, you're looking at him to be your future. Uh, there's something wrong though when you can't crack even the number two spot. You're sitting at, you're sitting at number three, right, LT? Yeah, I mean, I think it tells us it tells us where he is in his development, and and you know, but we got to remember, you know, he's he's fresh off being an amateur. He's trying to learn how to be a professional, and you know, this at, at that at this level is just totally different. And the style of offense, when you think about it, that he comes from at the University of Cal, guys, he never huddled. You know, like, he doesn't know what it means to get in the huddle and look grown men in the face and call a play without looking at the sideline, you know. And so that's different. That's different. And now you have to line up on the center, put your hand up under this grown man's butt, and take the, take the snap, you know. And so it, it's different for him. So I think it, it really tells us where he is in his development. It doesn't mean that, you know, Jared is not going to be a, a good player, I seen what I, I wanted to see in terms of arm strength and you know intelligence and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not worried about this kid long term. I think in the short term, I have no problem with what the LA Rams are doing with Jared Goff right now. LT, do you think with uh, the Rams being in LA now that more people will take notice of the great player that they have there on the defensive side, Aaron Donald? Absolutely. You know, this is a. Let's just uh, be honest. L.A. is a huge market. Um, there, you know, it's a lot of eyes uh, on that. You know, that market, and for the first time in a long time, football is back in that city, and people are extremely excited about that. And with that comes eyes, obviously, and you know, the celebrities and all that kind of stuff. When celebrities, when they have their eyes on you, they start to talk about what's going on out there on the football field, what guy guys are dominating. And he's going to be one of the superstars on that team, a lot, along with Ty Gurley. Those two guys, to me, um, are going to be the talk of, of Los Angeles for a long time. When you talk about running backs and you talk about the great Ty Gurley, you talk about Ezekiel Elliott, who most look at as being the offensive rookie of the year going into this season. That's what they're predicting. And then you look at the bats that might be coming into the NFL next year. They're talking about three running backs cracking the top 15 in the NFL draft. All this talk about winging it around the field, 138 receptions for Antonio Brown, possibly somebody breaking 2,000 yards in the near future for reception yards. The running backs the are running back, backs baby. are back. Just talk about the importance of the running back in today's game, even though the passing game has become so prevalent. Yeah, I think it's – you know, it's really important in today's game, to, in my opinion, to be an all-around back. Um, that way, you're, you know, you don't devalue 
your own position, meaning if there's something that you can't do, and they're going to find somebody else that can do it. If you're just a first or second down guy, they're going to find a third down guy to, to do that job. So you devalue yourself when you can't do that. Um, the only way to make sure you get the most out of your, your value is to be either a dominant running back like Adrian Peterson, that's undeniably the best in the game right now, or you become a guy that can do all, you know, that can stay on the field and be a three-down guy, a guy like Le'Veon Bell. And so those are the only way, to me, to keep that value. And we do have a wave of runners that I believe can be three-down backs, you know, on the college level right now that are coming up. Um, But I'll say this, guys, there's always going to be runners. It may not be as much as we had in the past, you know, when I was coming up and, you know, uh, the the generation before me with Barry and Emmett and all Thurman and all those guys, but there always will be dominant runners. I just believe that a lot of runners are playing wide receiver now also because they see, you know, what's going on in college and they see that the game is, is opening up and it favors the passing game. And so we don't have as many runners playing the running back position. We have runners that are now playing slot playing wide receiver now but make no mistake about it guys like Fournette they're going to be you know one of the top runners in the, in the league whenever whenever he gets here he will be one of the best you can see that clearly right now with his talent he has we're talking to the great Ladanian Thomason right here down in distance WGN radio and WGNRadio.com continue to talk about great running backs and we can't talk about running backs without talking about Adrian Peterson. Now you yourself have experienced injuries to quarterbacks during the playoffs with not only Phillip Rivers, you talked about previously, but also Drew Brees early on in your career, the psyche of the team when your quarterback goes down, let's talk about the mindset of Adrian Peterson. When he saw Teddy Bridgewater go down the psyche of that team, they were very distraught. Does AP think he has to do more now or does Sam Bradford coming in kind of ease their minds to say, okay, we still might be good going into this season and we still can reach our goals? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a, a really good one because I know that um, the people on that staff in Minnesota, they felt like they really needed to evolve offensively, meaning throwing the ball a little bit more and relying on the passing game a little bit more and not beating Adrian Peterson down with carry after carry. And so that was the mindset. Uh, and so when you lose Bridgewater, you go to a point where, okay, well, you know, we know we got 28 in the backfield. We're still, okay, let's go back to what we know. We know we have that. We know we can play that style of football with 28. So we're okay there. But let's see if we can, let's see if we can get better at the quarterback position. And they did. You bring in Sam Bradford, so it does make that locker room exhale a little bit, saying, you know what, we're going to be okay. You know, we're still going to be able to throw the football and have some balance and not having to, you know, not having to beat Adrian Peterson down with, you know, 25 carries a game. I think that helps that football team, um, and I'm sure they have to feel good about having, having to pull off that trade with Sam Bradford. There's no question about it. LT, how much do you think that the Cowboys are hoping that Dak Prescott can be everything that they hope that he can be, especially what he was in the preseason, 
to kind of maybe down the line, maybe move away from Tony Romo? Because it seems like any time that Tony Romo, over the last couple of years, he gets healthy, then he gets injured again. This seems to be a reoccurring thing. And we know that you can't beat Father Time. And eventually, you got to start thinking about your life after football as well with all these injuries. How much do you think that they're maybe looking toward Prescott to be this guy that can maybe be the next or take over for Romo? I think they're... Um, this is an interesting time in, in evaluation for the Cowboys. Um, you know, because when you think about it, the first thought with Dak was, can he be our backup? Can he be a quarterback that can be a backup for us? He answered that question. So that's, you know, you check that box off. Now he's at the point where they're evaluating saying, well, can he be the next guy? Can he eventually take over as the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys? That's where we are. What I see in preseason, I believe he absolutely can. Um, the, the, somebody made a comparison that I, I truly see the comparison with the young Steve McNair. When you look at his body type, his athletic ability, but his ability to also throw the football and beat people also with his mind. I seen pocket presence from this kid. It was one play. It was it was incredible. He felt the rush. Never looked at the rush coming off the end. He just slid away a little bit from the rush and delivered a beautiful ball about 30, 40 yards down the field. Rookies, for the most part, don't get that part. They don't feel the rush. For him to be able to do things like that and show pocket presence, I think the kid has a big upside. I mean, it, it, you look at what he did. I got a chance to see him live in the Egg Bowl a couple years ago, and I knew that he was going to be a guy. I want the Bears to be able to kind of look for him because, <laughs> because what? I mean, that's, the, that's what we're looking for now is yeah. to figure out who is going to be the successor of Jay Cutler. And now switching over to the Bears, we got to keep it hometown now. Uh, yeah. what, what do you think about Jay Cutler coming in, Dow Loggins now being taken over for Adam Gase, who went to Miami as a head coach? Um, last year we saw – Jay Cutler having an efficient year, better cut down on turnovers and fumbles. Do you see him being able to kind of carry that 2015 season over to 2016? Well, that's interesting, Jared. I mean, you think about it. Adam Gaze, I think I, I can, I believe, I can truly say, I believe that Adam Gaze was a, the reason why Jay Cutler played so well. Whatever he he was able to do to get Jay to understand about taking care of the football and, you know, uh, completion percentage and, and, and making the right plays, making the right plays. Jay did that, and he played as good as I've ever seen Jay play. Now, can he carry that over? That's the big question. But also, he needs, he needs a couple of guys to step up. Let's be honest. Matt Forte is gone. Jeremy Langford is going to have to be the guy that they can lean on. That three down back again, can they lean on Jeremy? And then Kevin White, he has to show up on opposite opposite of Alshon Jeffrey. If they can do, do that, because I think this team has the talent to continue to move the football, I think they'll be fine. And then, I, you know, John Fox is a defensive guru, in my opinion. I, I think he will turn that defense around. I think they're already heading in the right direction with some of the offseason acquisitions. I like their draft. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a reason for Bear fans to be optimistic. I don't know if it'll happen this year, but as long as the arrow keep pointing upward. 
There was a lot of angst in the offseason with them not being able to sign Alshon Jeffrey to a long-term extension and then the loss of one of those three-down backs, Matt Forte, going to the New York Jets. You talked about Langford. Do you feel like he's the guy from what you saw in the preseason that can become that type of stable top-line running back, 20 carries, five receptions for 50 yards, a couple of touchdowns to lead this team to where they want to go? And can Kevin White, be the guy to come in and say, you know what, if Alshon doesn't resign, I can step into that number one role next year. Well, I think with Jeremy, I think we see he has the skill set. I think he has proven that. Um, the biggest thing with any running back is is durability, being available for your team. And that's not that, that's something that none of us can really project or, you know, kind of guesstimate, um, you know, what, what his season going to be like. If he stays healthy, then I think without question he can handle that role. Um, I've seen him do it, you know, at Michigan State very well. And so I, I think this is a kid that can do it. And when you talk about Kevin White, that's yet to be proven if, if Kevin White can stay healthy, if he's even truly 100% healthy. And then, you know, what are we going to see at this level? I know what I saw at West Virginia. He was in the Big 12, so I saw a lot of Kevin White. But – at this level, it's a little different, you know. If you're the number one guy, then you get the number one corners. You know what I'm saying? So that's it's much different than going against number two corners. So I want to see how Kevin does this year with Alshon Jeffrey. If he dominates on the other side, then I'm, I'm confident in saying, yeah, I, I think Kevin will be a number one receiver. Because to be able to do it in your first year, even though it's really his second year, it's his first year playing if he can play lights out and dominate on the other side, I think that bodes well for, for him. Yeah, LT, I mean, it, it's it's tough here in Chicago because, you know, missing that year, a lot of football fans and Bears fans are – I think the expectations were super, super high coming into this year. And I don't – when you watch this film, and I watch this film, I mean, he basically lined up on one side – of the field all the time at West Virginia, never really ran all the, the routes in the route tree. And I think once he gets comfortable with that and also sees how defenses are playing him, I think he's going to have that ability. And we didn't see in the preseason him going far because they think he could take the top off of a cover two or of a defense. But sometimes they were running these short routes because I don't think they wanted to show much. So it's going to be tough for him. But another number one pick, Leonard Floyd comes in from Georgia. A lot of people looking for him to be a guy. He's not the, the biggest guy, but we've seen the flashes of him being able to get to the quarterback. Expectations for, for, for him, and what should that expectations be for Bears fans in season one for him? Well, I think season one, you find the role that he's going to play in in this defense. And I think I believe he's a guy that you can use in different packages, right? I mean, you know, if you want to walk him up on the line of scrimmage on third down and tell him to go get the quarterback, that's probably where he's he's best suited to do his rookie year. But also being able to sometimes get out there and cover tight ends in the flats, or or you know, drop with a running back and maybe get in the you know the the um, the passing lanes and, and catch interceptions I think he's able to do things like that and then even at Georgia I saw him lining up inside and being physical coming downhill hitting the fullback in the mouth and clogging it up and so I think that's what you hope he develops into but right now just finding the role that he's going to be comfortable in his rookie year 
and just letting him go out and play. Use his athletic ability. The guy is, is long. He's fast. And, you know, he, he will be a matchup nightmare for a lot of people. LaDainian Thompson right here on Down the Distance. Before we let you go, you were very adamant this summer in a couple of interviews talking about how important it is for athletes to use that platform to be the mouthpiece against injustice. When you look at Colin Kaepernick and the stance that he took in the last two weeks and how it has galvanized the conversation around this nation, social media, and in the newsroom, were you proud of what he did and the stance that he took? And if there was anything you felt like that he should have changed, what would you have told him? Um, no, I think, you know, I was proud of him for, you know, really um, exercising his constitutional right and and really understanding what that really means, but also thinking it all the way through, knowing that initially you're going to get backlash, people going to come out against you and say it's wrong. But I thought what he did was explain himself so eloquently of of how he felt and what he felt like was injustice and the reason why he was doing it. You know, that that's the whole, you know, this, to me, that's the whole, that should be the whole subject of it, why he's doing it. It's, it's you know, like America, the American flag means a lot of stuff to a lot of people, obviously. You know, but sometimes we need to step back and listen to other people's views and, and listen to their voice and under, try to understand where the person is coming from first before we attack somebody. Um, he never said that, you know, he was taking a seat because he didn't respect what the military did for our country and, and putting their lives on the line. He never said that. That's not what that was about. And so, you know, I, I thought people try to throw that part in there, you know, and, and, and it wasn't fair because he, he didn't, he never talked about that was the issue, but I don't know if there's anything. I, the only thing I would say is, you know, the way he did it in the first place, it brought a lot of attention, you know, initially on, on one person. And we always talk about the NFL as a team and you don't want to, you know, bring attention to yourself. But then I think, well, if he wouldn't have did it then, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have never sparked this national conversation. It would have never happened like this. So at the end of the day, there's nothing that I, I can tell him that, to do differently. I think he did exactly what he needed to do, and it happened when it, it needed to happen. So um, I, I applaud him. I commend him for, for standing up for what he believed in and truly fighting for a subject and something that really needs to be talked about more. We need to, we need to have town hall meetings um, on this subject and and move forward. You know, because there, there's no question that there still is a lot of injustice out there for African-American people. There's no question about that. Well, LT, we appreciate your time. And you're, you're so right, because we start to really think about, you know, being here in Chicago and all the stuff that's going on here in our city. I mean, it does hit home. And, um, you know, we do all have to be able to unite, come as come together as one and uh, you talked about it that we all have different opinions and we all have different views on certain situations we have to be able to understand that we need to listen to one another and uh, 
you know, now that we've sparked this conversation, hopefully we can see this thing move forward. And for a guy that was had one foot in and one foot out of the NFL to actually do this, and a lot of people said it was to get publicity, uh, in my in my perspective, I looked at it as not really. I mean, we're starting to look at a guy that was his future in playing this fo- this game of football was on the line, and that he stepped out and said something and did something about what he believed in and his thoughts. And um, it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. So, uh, you know, I do give him credit for being able to speak his mind. And when you have those feelings, sometimes uh, these platforms now with with these sports uh, are men and women in sports. We have these platforms and we have to use them and we shouldn't people shouldn't get crushed when they decide to use them as well, because uh, that's what I started to see as well. People started getting away from what the true what the true meaning for his protest was. And I think we're getting back to that is now, and it's uh, keeping that conversation going, especially not just with the people, also people in the NFL, other players and other sports as well. We're starting to see it. So LT, we appreciate your time, man. As always, uh, I was telling Sean, I'll never forget in New Orleans after the Super Bowl, you took a picture with my son, and um, he's got that picture in his room, and he won't take it down. And I keep looking at him with his little haircut. Now he's five, almost five years old, and he walks wow. by, and he's like, that's me and LT right there. I'm like, boy, you don't know LT, man. Get out of here. Oh, man, that's awesome, man. Such a blessing. Yeah, I have a six-year-old too, man. And, uh, you know, it just you feel so much responsibility for those little guys, man, and so proud of them see him growing up but uh you know you just you just want him to have a better life you know you want him to to not see color and no one see color uh with them all right man well we appreciate you and uh look forward to hopefully talking to you soon during the nfl season all right all right thank you guys appreciate it lt right there here on down and distance had a chance to talk with him about a lot of stuff but that's how we always do it here keeping it funky and fresh wgmradio.com 